This podcast is brought to you by Big Heads Media Podcasts. For more great podcasts, go to bigheadsmedia.com. Hello, welcome to episode four of the new season of 15 Minutes of Football, the football show where we analyse four topics in 15 minutes or less. And I mean it this time, after last week's 69-minute hiatus. Joining me is Jordan Dover, Mr. Charisma himself. Yeah, well, what can I say? Uh, I just me there. Go on, sorry. Uh, I don't want you to stop speaking. I know you no, have to. So, yeah, no... <laughs> try to undercut me I, meant, I, meant I tried to undercut you, but never mind. Uh, Jordan came into this call uh, as Alan's iPad. Would you like to give some context to this crazy nickname of yours? All I can say is that Jackie Weather has, has no authority in this call. Uh, Johnny Bentley has all the authority. The Johnny Bentley. And for, Johnny any, Bentley. for any non-British residents, we are owned by an American... Or, uh, organization so there might be people out there who aren't familiar with britain then please do google jackie weaver it's a really interesting little tale going on in the middle of a crazy world it, pandemic it might lighten it your heart sums up british humor if you're, you're not you're not into it so anyway yeah to football. Like, you're not really selling that but back to football and there's four usual topics first of which really big one actually can't really start anywhere other than liverpool and the impending crisis that's going on at the moment. Crisis is a word that's often overused. Maybe it's appropriate now. I don't know. still think it's maybe a little bit over the top, but we'll discuss it anyway. Liverpool and their issues. We'll also jump into Jose Mourinho and his time at Tottenham, coming under a bit of criticism at the moment. The Portuguese manager, and we'll look at whether that's fair and whether he can succeed at Tottenham. Then we'll go to our club analysis, other end of the table. Not doing too well at the moment, West Bromwich Albion. They sacked the manager, Slavon Bilic, in December, hoping for a bit of a revival, and they got none. Finally, I know, very sad. Jordan pulled a sad face, but, you know, <laughs> these things happen. Finally, we'll go to our look at League and French football. Uh, Andre Villas-Boas sacked in bizarre circumstances. PSG still third under Maurizio Pochettino. And could Lille win the... French League against all the odds, or maybe even Lyon in second place, managed by Rudy Garcia. We'll look at all of that in a bit more detail at the end of the pod. But first, Liverpool. And Jordan, as the Everton fan, is going to do his best to remain neutral and professional throughout this period. Big old smile on my face talking about how Liverpool are doing badly. Big old smile. And if you knew what Jordan looked like, you'd see a big old smile and you'd want to react to that big old smile with a punch across the face. But unfortunately... (laughs) Uh, we are not on video, so we are on podcast, and you cannot do that. We don't want Jordan's facial muscles to be disfigured because we it don't. would mean that he would struggle to awful. speak on the podcast and then we'd have to hire someone else. And that costs money, doesn't it? And we don't have a lot of money in the pandemic. But, yeah, minutes. I mean, exactly. Yeah, sorry, it's 14 now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, as I say, crisis is, is a word, like legend. I remember there was a stand-up comedian that said that um, when someone pulled the sword out of the stone, he was a legend. Who, was, who pulled the sword out of the stone, Stone Jordan? Who was it? It wasn't Merlin. King Arthur, wasn't it? Yeah. King Arthur pulled it. I'm not sure. You was can quote Excalibur? me on that. I don't know. Might have been yeah. Excalibur. I don't know. But they said 13 that was the, minutes. Yeah, they said that was the rival use of the word legend. Overused. 
disasters, crises, overused. But is it appropriate now for Liverpool to use it a crisis? Um, I wouldn't. No, I don't think it is. I don't think they're in a, a crisis themselves. They're, they're just maybe they're, they're not living up. They're, they're certainly not living up to the heights that they reached last season. Which I mean, if you want to call that a crisis, then that is a crisis. But it's just. It's natural, I guess. It's natural progression. They're not. They're not going to hit hit those tremendous heights that we've not really seen before, except for City's uh, hundred point season. Yeah, I mean, they, they set the standard. Those in City, they set this crazily high barometer, and straight away, the first thing that Liverpool will say, and quite rightly so, is they've been undone by injuries and injuries to really key players. Virgil Van Dijk going uh, being out for most of the season is massive. I mean. Arguably, he's, he is their most important player. He, yeah, he is. I think he's the best centre back in the world. I really do. I think yeah, he's a he's a leader. He's fast. He's good on the ball. He's strong. I mean, he's the old, the all round centre back. Perfect. Perfect. To have gets into any team. And I mean, he's also one, one caveat of that though is one argument that people will have, myself included, is that he did play. He, he has played some of the season, and he was in that match against Villa where they lost seven yeah. two. Oh so, yeah. Although although. It's obviously affected them massively. You can't say that it's that big of a deal if Wasn't they consider yeah, that many goals with him yeah, as well. Yeah, but that's by the same by the same token. I mean, Sergio Ramos, one of the best defenders in the world for Real Madrid, has also been on the end of some hidings during his time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't make him a t- it doesn't make him a a poor defender. It just means they had a bad day at the office, and that was quite a bad day at the office. And in that game, they didn't have Allison, who I know had a really bad game recently, but additionally. <laughs> Isn't one of the best goalkeepers in the world? Does it usually let them down? And in that case, that was another key player, Alisson out. Adrian, the calamitous goalkeeper who barely featured after that game, was in. And they really struggled as a result. So obviously we talk about Van I talk about Van Dyke and just obviously Joe Gomez as well. Also very integral, not quite the same level of defender as Van Dyke, but so quick. No. So it meant that when they can it meant that they can play a really high line. And if Van Dijk gets done for pace, heaven forbid, Joe Gomez is probably there because he's so fast and he's yeah. strong. So he's not quite as good as Van Dijk, but he's still very important to the Liverpool team. Well, there's there's not only Joe Gomez, there's another name on the list, obviously, in yeah. Joel Matip, who we now think yep. is also out for the season, mm. uh, apparently at least. And I think it's the, the combination of both of them being out. The yeah. fact they've had no fit centre-backs, really, have they? I mean, Fabinho's gone back and he has impressed here. He's done well. Uh, I'm biased, but he's been very, very good for them. Yeah, he has. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what? The, but we can talk about the other injuries elsewhere, and I've labelled a few there. We've had Trent Alexander-Arnold's been out on, on occasions. Allison's had some strange short-term injuries every now and again. Uh, Salah had the coronavirus, um, or was I self-isolating? I think it was either at the end of November or start of December. It was, it was just after the international break, wasn't it? It was. It was. Got it from yeah. his brother's wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. It self. So he, well, he didn't help himself in that situation. And then obviously Thiago's missed about half of the season as well. And even though you're not convinced by him, uh, as you said many times, off... off uh, well, no, I, I think he's a fantastic footballer. I just never thought he suited Liverpool style. We'll get to that in a second. But the two main injuries from, uh, concerns here, or the two main absentees, are that for me the two centre-backs. Because I was reading this somewhere else as well. Well, you got Van Dijk and Gomez playing week in, week out, and then you've got Matip as reserve and none of them are available now. You've got a really good defensive partnership, particularly Gomez and Van Dijk, where you can play practically on the halfway line and not worry too much about players getting in behind. And that means Alexander-Arnold and Robertson can 
freely run up and basically be wingers. And they have the freedom of the flanks to forward and pile and throw, you know, knock balls into the box because they're on the counter attack. You've got the best defender in the world and you've got a very, very good defender next to him as well. And Matip also is a, is a good defender. If Gomez yeah, I mean, I, I prefer Matip to Gomez, but Gomez, Gomez is faster. Van, though, isn't he? Van Dijk's the big miss, isn't he? Van Dijk is the big miss. I think, well, all of them, though. I mean, I think they could have still got by with Gomez and Matip if they could stay fit because Gomez yeah. has the has the pace and the strength, despite not having the defensive capabilities of Van Dijk. But Matip, lacking in pace, but good in his positional awareness and his defending. So the fact they've not got any of those limits, I think, the effectivity of, of Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Yeah. And then also takes out two key midfielders, Fabinho and Henderson, who spent most of this season or large periods of this season playing as centre-backs. And that takes a lot out of the midfield because yep. Thiago's come back and he's played, although he didn't play there against uh, Manchester City, has been playing quite a lot of games as this lone six, like a Jorginho or a Pirlo role. That's yeah. never really he, what he, he has... was brought in to do, though. No, it wasn't what he was brought in to do. He has played there before, though. More as a double pivot with Joshua Kimmich yeah. of, uh, no, of yeah. Dortmund, uh, Dortmund of, of Bayern, sorry, <laughs> and um, and and that's forced him out of position. And then obviously, I think when you got Fabinho Henderson, I think Fabinho is one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. So it, to take him out of his natural position, put him back ten yards into centre back, he's done really well. But you lose oh, something yes. there, particularly the pace, which he doesn't have, and that's why he's the defensive midfielder usually and not the centre back. And then you've got Henderson, who's the box-to-box energy, and he's been pushed back now. So you lose that industry, that energy in midfield. Put all that together, and Liverpool lose a lot of the the flow that they've had in the past few seasons, Yeah, I would think. No, massively so. Mm. So, I mean, uh, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Injuries have, have definitely yeah. impacted their season. Despite what Roy Keane said, even, even you think that was a bit harsh, maybe, when he said uh, something along the lines of, uh, well, they're just, they're just making excuses. Do their job, <laughs> and he just thought, and, yeah. he, and he seemed yeah. to think it was a bit uncomfortable. But I mean, it, one, it one thing I would add to that is though that they're, they're not the only team that has sad injuries. No, and no. It's I, I would also argue that it's on them that they didn't buy in summer yeah. a back yeah. another backup centre back. That yeah, that's on them. That mm. like you, you you have to have that just in case. I mm. mean, City have lost to Bruyne for a, a large part of the season, yeah. and they've not really looked out of it, have they? No, no, you're right. I mean, you 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 look at the back of Jurgen Klopp's done, and, and I this has, gives me more respect to what the job that Jurgen Klopp's done. Even though, as a other caveat, I have to admit, and I've said this, and we'll, we'll really touch on this for about ten seconds. But Jurgen Klopp is possibly the worst loser in the Premier League. I must oh, say, he definitely, he is. really definitely is. Definitely because, is. But the thing is, and the only reason I say that is because there's a lot of bad losers in the Premier League. To be fair. I think, I mean, Jose Mourinho has also had some questionable interviews after games where he's got a bit irate and Guardiola as well sometimes. David yeah. Moyes with the, with the female reporter um, yeah. when he was at Sunderland. No, not covering himself in glory. Um, and Sean Dyche has his moments as well. But obviously Klopp has this media darling presentation because I think when he is happy and, and outside of the game, he's a lovely guy and he seems like a brilliant character, personality. His charisma is infectious and the job he's done at Liverpool is... Well, I don't think anyone could have done a better job, but he doesn't. He doesn't half get irate. The mask, the mean. mask, sometimes slips, doesn't it? When they lose, it does. It does. Which, I mean, it amuses say. me. It amuses me. I love it, but yeah. And I, I suppose a, one argument that a Liverpool fan would have is that that's a sign of a winner. And yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a fair point to make. It is, but I do think I, 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 
and, I, and I'll only touch on this briefly, but when I look at Guardiola, for example, who does have his moments, particularly last season when they lost a lot, I don't think he was as bad. And I don't no, think I he was... He, was he, he, he lost with grace a lot more. Uh, Solskjaer as well, obviously. Well, Solskjaer doesn't really... He sort of has the same demeanour regardless. But again, you get the picture. I do think some of his comments, particularly to some reporters, were a bit out of line and a bit prickly. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Um, but I what... You know what, and that's only a small gripe that I have with him because yeah. I think he's a phenomenal manager. And yeah, I, I and love we've, him. we've we've looked at the defense and, and the yeah. injuries in the defense, but another yeah. issue they've had is scoring goals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Salah's been fantastic. Salah's, um, you know, his returns this season have been excellent, and he, he started with a hat trick against Leeds, and that was sort of a sign of of what was to come. He hasn't let up this season. Okay, he's had a few games where he hasn't scored of late. But overall, 19 goals, 16 in the league. Fantastic return, I think, that. And you've got to really then look at the other two. Mane, less impressive, only seven goals in the league. I actually think Mane offers a lot more than just his goals. Yeah. Well, but, no, I was just about to say, I think Mane is probably the better all-round player. They, yeah. they, Liverpool look worse without Mane than they do without Salah. No, they do. But you do need that man to put the ball in the net. You do. And, that's the issue with Firmino, isn't it? Putting the ball yeah. in the back of the net. Well, Firmino was one of those, wasn't he? A few years ago, it was a one in three kind of guy. Probably get about 12 or 13 goals over the season. Yeah. To be fair, he's got six goals this season, which isn't bad at just over the halfway point for Firmino. It's almost in line with what you'd expect. Double but, figures. But it's more the fact that you, I think his creative play has got worse, if anything. I don't no, think I'd agree with that as well. Yeah, I think his goal returns got a bit better from last season at this point. From last season, but that's, yeah. the, that's the issue, isn't it? It's from mm. last season. And mm. don't get me wrong, they were obviously incredible last season, but that's the yeah. one hole that you could put in that Liverpool side was mm. that, that that he wasn't putting up the numbers that you would expect of a striker playing for such an attacking team where they're mm. whipping crosses in every two minutes. Well, yeah, I think I think the, the point was, and you don't like this argument, but with Firmino, it was more of the, that he, he he wasn't really a striker, and he was more designed to get the best out of no, Salah yeah, and Mane. I but he did, that. he did, and he used to take a, it, the defensive striker, which while some people would argue isn't an argument for missing easy chances in the box, which it isn't. But in in years gone by, his movements, unselfish movements, and his and, he, and his clever little touches in the centre of the pitch would open up spaces for Salah and Mane, who would, both of them, get similar goal returns each year. And he's not quite been doing that as well now. Salah's goal output's still been excellent. Mane's has dipped maybe a little bit below what we'd expect. But he hasn't been quite as fluid, um, and, and you're right, as you'd expect. So do you take the argument then that maybe it's... I mean, Diogo Jota, when he came in, actually, I should add, did a phenomenal job. In yeah, that, yeah. It, he was it, good signing, it, and he, he could play across at right on the right on the left, or as the or as the yeah. centre forward. Uh, his injuries impacted them a bit because I think it's gone back to that staleness a little bit and predictability. Well, it's that, and it's the fact that they're, all three of them are having to play every week. Obviously, he's, he's rotated mm. a little bit. He's brought in Origi, Shakiri, but they're they're not on the same level, are they? And he, he can rotate with Jota. Uh, and still have the confidence that they're gonna he's gonna get the same output. Whereas if he's rotating with Origi or Shakiri, then there's gonna be a bit of an issue. Yeah. I mean the lack of backup is worrying. And and you look at it and you think, well, what Jurgen Klopp's done is so impressive because of the net transfer spend, the inflows and the outflows. I don't like this argument. I don't there's like very this there's there's not a lot there. And I think that's quite impressive, particularly when you look at Man City, who haven't sold anyone particularly of high value and still managed to recruit so well 
across the oh, board. Again. But I think that what you've got to say is that do they need Salah to go like Coutinho did and maybe be the sacrifice for a new phase? I think they need something. I think that, I mean, if it's up to me, <laughs> without the Everton bias, because otherwise I'd get, say get rid of all three of them mm. and just keep keep Shakiri and Origi. But if it was if it, if I was Liverpool, I would say that Firmino is is the one to go. He's the obviously Salah and Mane. Uh, they're they're still fantastic. I think the point I mean is though that he raises a big enough capital sum to reinvest that money in other yeah. positions. And, no, that's a fair positions. argument. But, but at the same point... This is, this is a club time, that have had success. They should have the money anyway. That's the other argument, yeah. I mean, it, it almost Klopp seems to be working with his hands tied behind his back at times and it's it would be a shame for them to sell one of the star men like Salah for big money in order to progress... Just to reinvest. For, for, yeah, it does seem and, like not good. And if they get big money... Who do they buy? Because I look, people will say Mbappe, people will say Haaland, but I just can't see them signing them. You know, you're going to laugh at me because they've might be becoming a bit of a meme here. I love to, to laugh at you. I think I would look at Danny Ings back because. Oh. oh. No, you, so and I thought any about Liverpool this. Fans that are listening to this, tell us what you think of that shout. Tell us if you think if Danny Ings is good enough for you now. Yeah, I, I do to think replace, so. Is that, sorry, is that to replace one of Mane or Salah? No, that's to offer them a, a, okay. a different dimension up up front, and certainly someone who can get more goals than Firmino can, and maybe no, maybe yeah, I'd agree that he'd get more than Firmino. Yeah, I think it will be, and also you got Jota coming back as well. It's difficult. I think crisis is overused. I think they are almost victims of their own success, given what they've achieved in the past three years, and, and it's it is. It's well known that it's a difficult thing, isn't it, to to come back and win back to back titles. And it's and, the, it's the drop off City had last year. City yeah. basically didn't turn up last year, did they? Yeah. In the um, in the Premier League, it's probably that's probably motivated City massively this yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. So it just depends how you use it. Um, I imagine it's been mentally exhausting as well as physically exhausting to keep that high tempo going for so long. Whether, and because we all said City needed an overhaul, they got Ruben Diaz, who was fantastic, but it yeah, wasn't yeah. the overhaul we all expected them to do. They didn't get a striker, they didn't get a left-back, but they have bounced back, so maybe that's what yeah. Liverpool need. Maybe they just need to lessen those expectations a bit, get themselves on track mentally, get themselves back physically, and then next season maybe they can go for it again. Although I would say that they probably do need another fairly major signing to help yeah. them in that. Well, it's as you say, Ruben Diaz has come in and he's had a massive impact on the club and uh, Van Dijk did the same thing for Liverpool. Maybe they need that, that extra thing, that extra big name attacker. Absolutely. OK, topic two, Jose Mourinho. Will he be a success at Spurs, Jordan? Well, it, de- it depends how you define success, really. Will he win a trophy? Mm. I-, I can see them winning a trophy, even this season. They're, they're, in, mm. they're in four competitions. I don't think they won the Premier League. Mm. But they're in the final of the the Carabao Cup. Mm. They're they're still in the FA Cup. They've got Everton yeah. away, which is a really tough game for them. Mm. I must admit. Uh, Hard one to call, actually. League. To be honest, uh-huh. yeah, um, so it is, yeah, it's the tough one to call. And then yeah. they are still in the Europa League as well. Yeah. So, but at the same time, long term success. I, I I just think Mourinho might leave them in a worse place than, than he yeah. found them in. Well, my theory is that when Pochettino got sacked. 
there was a, a decision for Daniel Levy to make because Tottenham were in decline. They just conceded a seven to buy and results weren't good. They were slipping down the table. They weren't in a good place. And I think that Daniel Levy's looked at it and thought, right, I could give this squad the overhaul it needs. Back Pochettino, get four or five new players, freshen up the entire squad, give him the backing, get this, get this club going again in the right direction. This is really the first slump they've had under Pochettino that, that season, yeah. uh, the nineteen twenty season. Up until then, they were probably getting better and better. They were comfortably in the top four. They were pushing for, for the title, if, even if none of us really expected them to get there. They were always in the, in the conversation, just in the background somewhat. Yeah. And he's, he's looked at it and he's thought, well, actually, I could do that. I could give him that investment. Or I could sack Pochettino, bring Jose Mourinho in, and he can give this squad some new impetus, some fresh ideas, some yeah. fresh, some fresh, um, a fresh outlook. And this, this squad that had just got to the Champions League final the yeah. season before, so he knows there's quality in the squad. Maybe he yeah. just needs someone like Jose, who's been a serial winner, to come in and, and get the trophy that they want. But Pochettino, after that success, after getting to the Champions League final, I think in that summer. He he had said, "We need a, we need some big players. We need some signings." I think he wanted a centre back, a right back. Yeah. yeah, he wanted quite a few players to 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 give the to give the squad a new a new fresh look. Uh, because he'd been manager for a long time, that squad he'd had, and he'd seen a lot of players develop with him there. But I think he yeah. needed that extra bit more. And I think we all thought that they needed a little yeah, bit no, more. We did, yeah. Um, but he didn't really get it. He got in Don Belle in the summer. That was actually, it still looks like being a very good signing. And, very and good wasn't. signing, yeah. But that very was it. Signing. And that was the problem. There was nothing else around that. And just in Don Belle by himself wasn't ever going to be enough, I don't think. No, so, I agree. So the squad has the obvious proverbial decline that happens when you don't freshen it up. And it. Players are getting older. Yeah. And so the contracts are going down. You look yeah. at Ericsson, you look at Vertonghen. And so I, 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 I hazard to guess that some motivation goes a bit when you go so close yeah. on several occasions um, towards a title push. And again, that goes against Pochettino to an extent. But on the other hand, you say, well, bring in players who 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 enhance that, young players who have the energy to succeed again. One of the two, bring in some winning players. I think the Mourinho move, as well as it being a PR stunt because they had Amazon Prime well, cameras that was, was I was going to say, I, was, I wonder how much of an impact that had yeah. on that decision. I can't imagine it had a lot. Of I mean, you know, he wouldn't have known Pochettino was going to slide like he did, I don't think. I think Levy would have seen that opportunity and thought, yeah. there's a chance here for, for some brilliant... Well, I mean, the only reason I watched it was because of Mourinho. Yeah. It was interesting you mentioned that, what Levy thought, but what do you think Levy thought? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. I, I, you know, you don't have to. You have to say, but what Levy thought anyway, would also been quite interesting. Also, what we've got to say though, what I've got to say though, with that is, I think it was a cheaper move to appoint Mourinho than it was to do the. Well, it, I don't think. I know it was. Of course, it was. Do you get five new players, completely overhaul the squad, or do you get in a new manager and ask him to reinvigorate the squad that's in decline? You oh, do yeah, the second yeah. one, no, you're right. and I that's agree. what a lot of clubs do. Now, 
where I've sympathised with Mourinho, and he's got he got a lot of stick for the performance against Chelsea recently, actually, where they lost 1-0. I sympathise with him because this is the same squad that was in decline under Pochettino, minus Christian Eriksen, pretty much. Yeah. Now, they got Hoiberg in, so that was a good signing. Good signing. That was a good signing, yeah. Uh, Regularly on, also a good signing, but wasn't playing. So he's, he's been injured a little bit, but oh, but he was a good yeah, signing he's, too. he's had his injury issue, doesn't he? And then Doherty's come in and and... The, and even though he didn't cost a lot, he's actually worse than Aurier. So, because yeah, that made no sense at it all. Didn't. Did it didn't. It because never made it, sense. it's the Marcus Alonso thing, isn't it? Very, very capable and good wing back, not a good yeah. fullback, and that's yeah. the, that's kind of what you. And that's you're that's at. the risk you get, isn't it? When you buy someone that's that's used to playing a certain way in a certain system, as particularly as a wing back. Yeah, I mean, I at Wolves, he was he was getting into the box most most of the time. You know, but it's funny. I never thought that was a good move. But there were so many people calling it one of the bargains of the season. I thought, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. I, I do not see it unless Tottenham go to a back three, which they've done a bit, but not too much. Then it was yeah. never going to be. Uh, it seems to have improved Aurier a little bit. To be fair, Aurier. Oh no, yeah. Oh, that's good. But Aurier is not really the answer either. So it's not really done. Again, it's not. It's not pushed them on. The point is. The, the squad Jose Mourinho has right now, minus Ericsson, even though Hoiberg's in, it's pretty much the same as what Pochettino had without that creative spark. And unless you count Kane, who's supposed to be the goal scorer as well. Um, and what you have is a not very good squad, which is, no. a, a, it's a, or 11, should I say as well. It's a top six club, which you expect to be challenging for the top four. But you look at that and you take Harry Kane and Jung Min Son out, and I'll discount Hoiberg uh, and Rigulion because they're good players too. But you take those, let's say take those four out. You just leave Hoiberg and Rigulion in. They're just they're good players, but the rest are very, very average, very yeah. average. And, I mean, and Don Bellet's a really good player as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, like, and Don Bellet, sure. Uh, yeah, to be fair, Don Bellet, Rigulion, Hoiberg, all very good. I mean, Son and Kane world class. Yeah, yeah, those no, three very good. Kane in particular, Kane, Kane's the spark, isn't he? He's the magic man. But the rest is just very distinctly average. Alderweireld, I'd say probably past his best. Dyer, yeah, 100%. Okay. Sanchez, underachieved. Aurier, never really properly looked assured at Tottenham. Lloris, yeah. past his best. Sissoko, not great at passing the ball. Quite good at tackling. Not really suited, is he, to, to the way Tottenham play? But then you can play Winks, who is good at passing the ball, but he's not very physical or, or, or adds much impetus to the midfield. Then you've got on the other side, you've got Bergvine. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Lucas Mora. Okay. Lamella. Okay. Um, Deli Alley doesn't even feature, but you say okay. Gareth Bale prefers golf. So you've got <laughs> you've got a you've got a lot of average there and I can sympathise a bit with it because when I, when I saw Tottenham against Chelsea they were all complaining why aren't they opening up why aren't they playing out from the back why aren't they taking the game to Chelsea yeah. not many Chelsea's team were better than Tottenham and they had more they had players who were better at passing the ball people looked at Chelsea's team at the start of the season and said they could be title contenders well, yeah, I mean, they've spent a fortune haven't they and you compare that to, to Spurs and they've spent mm. next to nothing yeah and that's why I had a bit of sympathy with him. And he had a point, even though people were saying he's talking all rubbish in his post-match interview. They did only have the penalty Chelsea, really. They didn't have much else. So in theory, I actually predicted nil-nil before the game. And if Dyer hadn't have done that stupid challenge, it, probably, it could have been nil-nil. Yeah. 
for the penalty. So, and that would have been quite a good result against a team that were having a bit of resurgence under the new manager. And, and 11 players that on paper should have beaten Tottenham's 11 players. So, I think people are forgetting a little bit, you know. People are saying, oh, this team were doing really well under Pochettino. This team got Pochettino sacked. They'd yeah. lost that momentum. They'd lost that rhythm. And to ask Jose Mourinho to turn that around without much financial investment is very, very, is a very, very tough ask. I think that the football, the, the issue you have a little bit, though, is I suppose when you look at Brighton or Leeds or teams like this with, you know, fairly bog standard players across the board. And you can see an identity, you see an attacking philosophy, you see the way they want to play. You can see that work's been done on the training ground, little intricate moves and football. You can say, oh, well, they've definitely worked on that on the training pitch in, a, in an attacking sense. On the other hand, in defence, particularly Leeds, it looks like they don't do anything. But then with Tottenham, you can say, oh, well, the, the organisation's good, they're proving hard to beat, but then when they have to go forward, if Harry Kane's not there, you think, it well, is, where's, the, where's yeah. the patterns of play? What, what's going well, on? That's, that's one of the big issues, isn't it? The, the reliance on both Kane and Son, who both have 13 goals this season, so 26 goals between them, and then the rest of the squad has 10 goals between them in the league this season. That's just that's not enough, a, is that's it? That's a stat. Endombele is, is the third highest scorer with three goals in the league. Yeah. He said, yeah, I mean, we saw them. I mean, against Chelsea, I know I've already I've already backed him up here and said, you know, I didn't expect him to win the game. But they just didn't look like they knew how to. Uh, uh, Brighton's a better example. Brighton against Tottenham is yeah. a better example. Trying to going forward, it's like pulling teeth. You know, what, what, are they, what are they doing? Everything's so slow. And it looks like you can tell when, when the, the, the really good passing teams that work on it a lot in the training don't, don't care who you are. Even Leeds, like I say, I, I use Leeds as the example under Bielsa because it shows you don't need 200 million to have an attacking plan. Okay. Yeah. So they, you know, you can see you can, it's so obvious how they build up. They play with a lot of risk and fair enough. But sometimes the players, they don't have to think sometimes where someone's going to be. They know because they've yeah. worked on it. And then it's that's how you it's get been drilled in, isn't it? In training, yeah. Whereas at Tottenham, you can see the players looking up and thinking, "Where so? Where is he? Where where are you? Where are you going to be? Oh, should I pass it there or should I not?" And then the, it's 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 thought, then a second thought, then a third thought, then there's another. You have well, two or three or four touches on the ball. A lot of there's a lot of reliance, isn't there, on the the ability of Kane, Son, and Endombele, who are three very creative players. And I mean, in Son and Kane, you've got two of the best finish in the league. And if you're Mourinho. I think that's what that's what you probably would do if you look at that squad. And it's as we said, the, the rest of the squad just aren't that great. Mm. I mean, I've said that stat that well, no, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you have what. 26 between them. You said them three. You look at the squad. I mean, you've maybe got Bale, you've got Ali. But other than that, who's really going to be scoring goals? Yeah, but you said you've got three. Well, Kane didn't play and they were they were hopeless. And some of them were In playing. those specific games, yeah. In those recent games, yeah. 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 Pacific games? We're not in the sea, Jordan. Specific. I, mean, I said specific. Yeah, but what I'm Honestly. Just, I, no, the the over on Kane. I mean, from Harry Kane's point of view, does he look at it and think, I, if I was playing for Man City, you know, uh, and challenging for at the top and and having all of this, it must be quite. You must. It, the grass isn't always greener, but you must think, oh, that grass does look pretty green, and it's. I I don't know. I mean, I I, I like Mourinho and. and 
I love Mourinho, yeah. And he's, 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 he's the character that I think we all like to see. We like to see his, his arrogance. We like to see his charisma and, and, all, of, and all of that that comes with it. Uh, but there is question marks over his, over his, over his style of football. There always has been, really. And I was hoping that he'd be able to counter that because it's always boring. As I said, you know, if everyone played in the same way, it'd be boring. You know, it, it really yeah. would. And it's always nice to see. I mean, my team Burnley play a very different way under Sean Dyche. Antonio Conte <laughs> at Inter Milan plays quite differently to the norm as well. But Antonio Conte's kind of had success, recent success that suggests that his style of play, back three, quite direct. It works. You know, you do get the sense it works. And there's a bit of a, an identity crisis, I think, with Mourinho sometimes at the moment of things. But lasting question really is if he wins a trophy, but they finish outside the top four and they don't get back in the Champions League, is he going to say, because I can see him winning and doing that and then saying, the previous manager, you know, to win a trophy, but I win, <laughs> I win trophy, so oh, I, am, I do success. So is that what I he's think- going to say? I think you have to look at why was he why was he hired? Why why did Levy why did it why did he go for Mourinho? And I think it is because he wanted him to win a trophy. And so I think you have to look at it and say, well, that's a success. Mourinho's come in, he's won a trophy. Yeah. Happy as Larry. Yeah. I mean, the position they're in afterwards, they might have to sell a hurricane. Yeah. But, that's the issue. Yeah. I you know, this is really interesting because this ties on nicely with the next one. So I and this is topic three. This is topic three, but I'm still talking oh, about Jose it? briefly. I'm still talking <laughs> about Jose briefly. What I say with Jose Mourinho is he's not a project manager, is he? Jose Mourinho traditionally has been, we need a winner, we need to win trophies, we'll bring Jose Mourinho in. And that seems to have been the case with the... And that used to be the fashion. You know, project managers really have come into play at big clubs in the past five, six, four, five years when Guardiola's come in at City. It's a project. Build make this revolution. Klopp at Liverpool, build revolution. Zidane's kind of built a project at Real Madrid to a point. He's been there for a long time. Bit different. A um, little bit different. A little bit different. But there's, there's been but an obsession the biggest with... project builder. Yeah. yeah. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm getting into that. I'm getting into that. This is actually a club oh, analysis sorry, of West Brom. Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you do it. club analysis of West Brom. It's a club analysis of West Brom. But what I'm saying is, you bring Mourinho in, he does these short-term goals, particularly in two, three-season cycles. You don't plan long term with him you plan two three seasons what do we need bring it in by any means possible win trophies right afterwards yeah. clubs are left in a bit of a situation sometimes where they're not they've not necessarily got a sustainable it's, plan for the coming years right it's almost the end of a cycle isn't it it's exactly so as, as west brom fans eagerly anticipate what i'm about to say is the thinking i've got is the Jose Mourinho and big Sam Allardyce link there is that Sam Allardyce, at the other end of the spectrum, when clubs are in trouble, at the bottom of the table, who are you going to call? <laughs> big Sam Allardyce. Apparently, it's been it's been a, it's been a thing for well, not not too recently, but over the past decade, that has been a thing. Sam Allardyce, apart from his time at Bolton, where he built, you know, he had a very successful time, and to a point Blackburn actually before he got sacked, where he was wrongfully sacked at Blackburn. He did quite well, particularly earlier in his career. But I think over the past five, six, seven years, he's built a reputation of. No, he definitely. I'm not has. your project man, but I'm your I'm, I'm your short term fix I'm your man. Fireman, fireman, yeah. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to I'm going to steady the ship. 
You well, know that better than anyone. Relegated, it's, it's Everton. Well, he, he see, this is the Everton. thing. Yeah, this is the thing. I think this year they've been relegated, right? And all the signs are pointed that it might do. So I wouldn't be surprised if just before it's mathematically possible to get West Bromwich Albion are on the verge of relegation, Big Sam Allardyce announces a resignation and says, well, no, I, I, could. You I don't, don't think, think so. he'd do that. Don't no. think, oh, oh, well, you don't know Sam Allardyce as well as <laughs> I think he no. would. I think he would. But well, anyway, no, I feel, for, I feel for West Brom fans, actually, right, because I've okay. experienced Big Sam as a manager. Yeah. And I know what the football looks done. like. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not good enough, John. I know, I know what the football looks like with him, and it's just not entertaining. Yeah, it's even worse when you're at the bottom. No, of the but table. this is the thing. This is the thing. He's a short-term fix manager, isn't he? So, what He's clubs have done in the them. past? No, but that's the thing. Yeah, what clubs have done in the past is they've gone to Sam Allardyce, and it's like. Some people used to say you sell your soul to Jose Mourinho a little bit. A few, I think a few Man United fans felt a bit like that when they got him in because yeah. they'd had the time under Ferguson. And under when you get Mourinho, you're thinking, as I said, two, three years. And under Sam Allardyce, you're probably thinking less than that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You are, yeah. But the same principle applies. You're only thinking for the here and now. You're not thinking for years down the line. When you get bring Sam Allardyce in, you're thinking for the here and now. And the risk with Jose Mourinho is when you bring Jose Mourinho in, if he doesn't succeed in, that, in his time there or he doesn't have the he doesn't win trophy after trophy and he only wins the occasional silverware, then, you know, you've got to weigh up, is it worth it? Because he, usually he leaves the club a little bit in a, in a rut where they, where they have to build and rebuild again and think Absolutely. long-term. Sam Allardyce now. Well, I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned yeah. that. And at Everton, he, he spent 50 million on Theo Walcott and Cenk Tosin, who, I mean, they're still both on the books now. Yeah. Your, your voice has got up an octave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I, it's talking about Big Sam. It, it brings back these memories. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, it, West Brom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, West Brom. I mean, the thing, the thing is, Slavon Bilic, emotional guy, heart on sleeve, had the backing of the players. He did. And nothing told you more than that. Nothing told you that more, sorry, than getting a point at the Etihad. Ridiculously hard place to go. Yeah, goes to Man City, gets a one-one draw. He's buzzing. Day later, he's been sacked. Yeah, I mean, he'd fallen we out with the board. The to time, be fair, we we both yeah. questioned it at the time. He had fallen out with the board. It had been a turbulent relationship for a while. That's probably why he left. That's probably why he was gone. Results weren't amazing, but the truth was the squad was relegation fodder, and I think everyone knew that really when yeah. when West Brom came up. That wasn't helped with this situation this season. Shortened transfer window. Less money than going round than usual. Clubs don't want to sell to other clubs because coronavirus pandemic. Keep the squads compact and tight. You don't know when you might need to use certain players. And as I said, money's tight as well. But (laughs) I know he got sacked because of the board tensions is what we believe, but it still felt incredibly harsh. And the players seemed to, didn't seem to, I don't think the players took it too well, according to some reports as well. They were quite upset. Yeah. And the problem is when you take emotional man, heart on sleeve, he's got them promoted. He has a relationship with all his players. Then you bring Sam Allardyce in, who <laughs> has no, no, but with all due respect to Sam Allardyce, he has no emotional attachment to these players. He has, doesn't oh, no. have any. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's in it, as many of us have said, for that paycheck at the end, which I'm sure is what, you know, I'm not saying advocating managers work for free, but his, he's financially motivated here to come in. He's looking at the pound size. He's thinking, right. If I get you up, I can... And also, he's looking at his reputation. Though, I think that 
if he if he looked at that West Brom team and thought, oh yeah, there's no chance I'm keeping these up, he wouldn't have yeah. come. So yeah. I think he he has at least at the very least he's thought he would be able to keep them up. And I mean, you never know. There's, there's a lot a long time left of the season, but. It doesn't look like it, does it? I mean, I mean, it's the two things, isn't it? I, jo- I joke on his financial motivations, but it, it, it does become a bit of a common trend, like the contractor, Sam Allardyce, that he goes in to do a job, and if he does it really well, gets an extra top-up from his employer. Yeah. And that, that's become what he kind of does. So he, and he's got a reputation for that, really, in a, in a way, uh, getting a bit of money, extra money on the side. And um, that's why he's been branded a mercenary in many ways. And yeah. It's not his fault that no one will necessarily back him with a long-term project, but... He, he, I don't think, I'm sure he would have liked that, to be honest with you, but I guess you that's the thing. You know what you're going to get with Allardyce when he comes in. And West Brom have basically said, you know, keep us in the Premier League, please. And they're not thinking <laughs> for next season. They're yeah. not, because if they go down, and I think he'll walk before they go down if it looks like they're going to go down, but if they go down, he's not taking them in the Championship. Someone else is coming in. No, yeah, no way. And then you start it again. And obviously they fell out with Billich, but if Billich took them down, you do still think that because he's got them up in the first place, because he had such a, a passionate uh, and uh, good relationship with, with his players, you think he probably, there's a chance that if the owner and he, uh, himself repair relations, then he could stick it out and they could try and come back up again with Billich. But that's not going to happen now. Well, one, one thing I, I, I want to say about it is that He's come in and not much has really improved, has it? No, he's gone backwards, I think. Yeah, well, that's what I would say as well. Read out The one thing that I would say is that Ajayi looks more threatening from set pieces. And that is the only positive that I think has happened. And they've also made some good signings in January, which is is something that that might have a more positive impact going forwards. But, I mean, they've conceded 54 goals in 23 Premier League matches, which is 16 more... 16 more than anyone else in the league. Yeah. Which is it that's relegation form on its own. If yeah. you're if you're a fan, I know a lot of people don't like expected goals, but you have the lowest expected goals scored and the highest expected scored against them. That's it's just it's a recipe for relegation. And yeah. Sam Allardyce is just driving towards it at the minute. Yeah. I mean, it made me laugh when he said that he he was concerned for his health during the pandemic at Christmas, just after oh, yeah. West Brom had lost 4 or 5 nil uh, <laughs> yeah. after the Liverpool game. And many people commented, well, if you were so concerned, why did you take the job in the first place? It's not like you probably needed the money. Um, but again, you know, enough of the enough of the big Sam slander to, for, for a small minute uh, or so. I mean, yeah, it, you, I, I watched them against Tottenham, actually, and there was a lot of endeavour, a lot of fight, a bit more than we'd seen, actually in games where they just capitulated. But again, there was a there were one or two chances for Tottenham in the first half. I mean, Kane had a one-on-one, kind of, where he screwed the shot wide. Yeah. And that was, in the op- yeah, that was in the opening stages. And if that goes in, you think, well, looking back, that probably was a 4-0 job. It's almost like they give the, the opposition a few chances. And if they miss those chances, then they build a bit of resolve and they, 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 they get a bit, they grow into the game a little bit, but they still give them the chances. And quite often at this level, the teams take the chances and then they just capitulate because they don't have the the the, the manpower there to 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 get a re- to get the results that are necessary. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think yeah, I think I think with with West Brom, it, it 
it was it, we looked at it at the start of the season everyone did and we thought 20th we did and yeah well I mean we both predicted them 20th didn't we we did Which we I, did. I, I do I feel for the West Brom fans I do mm. because they've been written off they, they did well in the championship they had a good season They've clearly got a few gifted players, Pereira in particular. He, Dean Garner, but he's not really set the world alight. Yeah, no, he had one good game against Everton, Dean Garner. And Sam Johnston as well. I think he's, yeah. he's a solid keeper, isn't he? Yeah. He, he? You know, really good. And they've, they've signed a couple of good players, as we mentioned. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I just can't see them staying up from this point. I, 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 gen- I think they probably will finish bottom. Yeah, because Sheffield United are a bit feel a bit of a resurgence. Not yeah. that they're going to survive, but that they won't yeah. finish bottom. I think is is the yeah. And form look all right at the very least. Yeah, it's just it's not looking good for them mm. at all. And it's as we said, they, they've looked in the short term hiring Allardyce yeah. in the thought process that oh, at least we'll stay up if we get Allardyce. Yes, but I, I feel like they haven't thought about what happens if they do go down with him. Yeah, yeah, and it's too too much short term. Thinking and also, again, the mistakes. No, I won't call them mistakes because of the pandemic and the situation that we're in. The, the mistakes were made by a lack of investment, if you want to call them that, and it set themselves up to fail. And again, Sam Allardyce isn't a miracle worker, is he? I mean, a lot of the clubs he's been at, you even touched on it with Everton. He wants he wants money to spend in January, doesn't he, to turn yeah. the fortunes around? Usually, yeah. that is what happens, and he usually signs some Sam Allardyce type of players. Um, and like you say, they've had a not too bad January window, to be honest no. with you. But yeah, I mean, it it it, it doesn't it doesn't fill your confidence. And as well as a fan, as well, you watch it and you think, you know, for example, when Chris Wilder's manager Sheffield United, you look at it as a fan, they're winning, and you're thinking, oh, I love at least the players are fighting. And you know what? We like Chris Wilder; he's one of us. And, and next season, he can take us back up. When you look at some they, guys, they play you think, quite good football as well. And same with Fulham; football. they play quite good football. Yeah, West Brom no, under Big Sam. It's more than one way. Watch. Yeah, but there's more than one way to skin a cat, though, isn't there? I don't advocate skinning there is, any no, cats. There is, but... but I think it's that combination of bad results as on top of bad gameplay, bad this these bad performances. It's yeah. just if you're going to have that, you you want to stay up at the very. And they've least. mixed and... it about, and we look at them tactically as well. They've played a back five, a back four, yeah, you know, with usually one up top. Colin Grant came in actually for quite big money, and I actually thought that was a good signing. He hasn't really got going. No, he was play- and, and no. Sam Allardyce played him on the left uh, when he's just, uh, you know against against Spurs. So it's not been it's not been uh, great for them at all, and it's it's quite a sorry season really. And you've got to feel for them in, in a sense as well because these mistakes happened when they last got relegated, when they had Pulis who they backed. And the football was dire. So they sacked Pulis. But instead of going for someone to build from, they brought Pardew in, thinking Pardew was part <laughs> of the sort of managerial roulette. Bruce, Allardyce, Pardew and um, Pulis, who they'd already just got rid of. And they yeah. thought Pardew was the man to reinvigorate them. Short-term push, because he knows how to keep teams up. He was a disaster. Then they sacked him. Then they got Darren Moore in, who actually nearly kept them up, but was given too little time Darren to Darren Moore was good. I like Darren Moore. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he nearly got them promoted the season after, but he just yeah. couldn't quite do it. And then, obviously, Billich came in. But the sad thing is for West Brom, they've done this before. Said, the fans have seen this before. Short-term punt on... A journeyman yeah. in the hope to change fortunes hasn't worked. They've also endured Pulis's style of football as well. <laughs> now they've got yeah. Allardyce's style of football, and they've endured Pardew's short-term reign of disaster, which could be eclipsed by 
Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce, Sam Allardyce yeah. is short-term rain of disaster. <laughs> rain of disaster. So you do feel for them. And, and when you look at that, I mean, is there anyone that sticks out for you when we assume Sam Allardyce does go? And, we, and this is under the assumption that West Brom do go down because we think they will go down. And even if they don't, I don't think... Well, if they don't, actually, Sam Allardyce will probably get an, an, another extension. But if they do... I mean, where do you go? I mean, Eddie Howe's name gets banded around a lot. Um, I think it's it's a bit of a poison chalice of a, a job, isn't it? It's just Steve uh, Bruce might be looking for some work. Steve so. Bruce might well be, yeah. He might well, well be. We yeah. we joke about Steve Bruce, but Steve Bruce actually has a decent track record at the clubs he's at. Of getting yeah, of getting people promoted. Yeah. Uh, and he's not actually a terrible manager, really. He's just a bit of an underwhelming one for Newcastle. That'll have to be that'll be an interesting one in the in the club analysis. <laughs> but yeah, short so just general closing thoughts. We feel sorry for the Albion fans because they've seen it Absolutely, before. Yeah. Allardyce football isn't great. It's a short-term fix. If it works, great. If it doesn't, uh-oh. And it's an uh-oh. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think we both think they're, they're gone as aren't we, don't we? Yeah, I think so. Probably whether... Yeah, no, I, th- I think they are. There's just not enough quality in that in that group no. at all, really. And, you know, if there was, there's still, you know, there's a chance with Sam Allardyce's track record. Yes, okay, we can see something here. As we've already mentioned, they've made good signings though. If they get a big result soon, then there's a chance. But You'd say if they had the right calibre of player across the board and they were underperforming before big Sam Allard- before Sam Allardyce came yeah. in. I don't know why I keep saying big it's after it. everything. Um, <laughs> if Sam Allardyce came in and they were underperforming, you say, yes, okay, he could probably do something here. But the fact yeah. is, I don't think they were underperforming. I think they were performing no. to a level what we thought they could be at, if not better than that level. So that was the issue, I think, all along. Hate to be... Well, I I'm not even breaking it to anyone. West Brom fans know well, all well um, yeah. about that situation. Anyway, foreign football focus now. That's uh, fricative alliteration for those of you that were wondering. Um, that, that's probably none of you, but it sounds very aesthetically pleasing. League N. Um, you know, we do... <laughs> it's quite crazy, actually, the League N, because it, uh, alongside Serie A, it's quite an open title race, but... Well, no, but not but. Also, like Serie A, with Milan leading in, in Serie A, which is a shock to everyone, Lille leading in League 1. And that really is a shock, because you look yeah. at Lille's team... Wait, PSG? Oh, PSG must be second, then, mustn't they? PSG's third. <gasps> you see, oh, I right. built that, that for that you, was... and you, just didn't, you didn't eat the bait. You're, you're supposed to build some anticipation. Well, I just thought you were being a charlatan. I don't know, I can't <laughs> tell anymore. Um, you know, people pretend they know things when they don't. But, especially you... But, no, Lille, remarkably good and symptomatic of the league, really, in many ways, that what many people used to say, French League, league and experts, I'm going to be honest, and like many people, when I watch um, leagues that aren't the Premier League, my focus this year has generally been Italy. I think there's been some great games in Italy. I have a bit of a love for the Bundesliga as well. I like the way the, the game uh, the game's played there. And usually I love the, the packed stadiums. And La Liga, of course, traditionally has been the home to some of the world's best players, although not right now. Um, so League has often gone under the radar as kind of the fifth foreign league that people sort of look yeah. out for. No, but it is one league that, outside of PSG, all the experts and journalists that covered it used to say, some of the net Europe's next best talent that goes under the radar is right here. Because you, you all talk up, Premier League talents and talents from other major leagues, and they have come with really big inflated price tags, particularly the Premier League ones. But in Ligue 1, that's where the good value for money is to be had. They don't Absolutely, have the yeah. same revenue. They don't have the same 
they don't have the same money put into that league. Clubs don't have as much to spend. But this is the this is the where all the hidden talents are found. And Lille is symptomatic of top of the tree. Uh, Christophe Gaultier, ex Saint Etienne manager, there for eight years. Been there since twenty seventeen. I think this is he's done quite a good job there. But these I think he's beyond his wildest dreams. Generally plays yeah, a traditional four four two, a mix of experience and youth. You got Burak Yilmaz, Turkish veteran, thirty five years old, Rolling with nine goals. Yeah, nine goals, four assists. But he's up front with Jonathan David. He's quite a, quite a renowned uh, Canadian he's, striker. Yeah. Uh, and he scored two goals this week against Nantes. Uh, a 2 0 win. Nantes? Sorry, sorry, Nantes. Uh, you don't understand oh, pronunciation. You were... do... Sorry, no, sorry, I'll do it for you. Nantes. Nantes. I thought you were doing a bit of a Joey Barton there. Nantes. Nantes. Sorry yeah, for you. I think for your it. ears. For your ears. <laughs> Gammon. Um, so, <laughs> Google that if you want to. Um, so, yeah, he, Jonathan David, he's another upcoming talent. Seven goals, one assist. Uh, up front with Yilmaz, nine goals, four assists. Jonathan Bamber, a 24-year-old prodigy as well, six goals, eight assists. But one thing you notice about Lille is they, sh- they spread the goals across the board. Uh, yeah. Only PSG's conceded less goals than them across um, league end this season, so building from the back. And Jose Fonte, uh, Jose Font, sorry, not Fonte, Jose Font, of uh, former Southampton legend there, adding that experience alongside... Young Sven Botman, 21-year-old, 1.93 metres. Really exciting young centre-back, linked yeah. with Liverpool. And this experience of, of youth, this, this experience, this blend of this experience. Blend. Yes, thank you. This experience of blend and youth. <laughs> Work out that in, <laughs> in that order. This mix of blend and youth, uh, mix of experience and youth. We'll get there in the end. Is... Is is working really well because you've got some you've got veterans there, like as we say at the top, Yilmaz, thirty-five, then Font at the back, really experienced. Then you've got Botman, who's twenty-one, Bamber, as we said, twenty-four, David, twenty-one. Lots of young players in the midfield as well. Got Renato Sanchez as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, he came off the bench. um, Someone who's definitely got pedigree this weekend, and he's he's performed for them. I know he came off the bench this weekend uh, in their victory, but again, he's actually revitalised his career a bit there as well. So. They are doing really well, and the, the uh, you know Gaultier wants to work hard. He wants to they, they, they do a good pressing game, but they hold leads really well as well. They hold leads really well, as as symptomatic uh, as indicated by the fact, as I say, that only PSG have conceded less. And I guess there could be another fairy tale, and you could also argue that Leon. I don't think this is as much of a fairy tale because they've got a bit more of a of a squad at Leon, and Rudy Garcia is an experienced manager. Yeah, well, they've um, got some some names that you, are quite household names at this point, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Memphis Depay doing really well in in Liga uh, this season. One of the highest goal scorers, and also just, you've got Awar, the creator. You've got uh, a lot of young talents across the board in, in the midfield, and obviously, as I said, with Garcia. Man, obviously, ex Roma manager managed in Liga quite a lot as well. Got a manager who's got a good reputation, and they did really well in the Champions League last year as well. If you remember, they, they beat Manchester indeed. City. They looked like they were going to cause a cause a, a few more shocks after that, but it didn't quite happen. Didn't quite materialise. But they gave Bayern a good go as well. Back three system really works well. Can be flexible within that system. Are they well? 
I think you look at both setups and you'd, you'd consider them to be more of a title favourite than Lille. And we haven't even got to PSG yet. Do you think any of these can oust PSG? Can PSG, can their mind wander to a point where they don't even win the thing they're supposed to win every year unless you're Unai Emery? I, <laughs> I, I just can't see PSG not at least not winning it. I, the, the thing the thing with PSG, you, you, you know that they have it in them to just go on a run where they won't lose. And I mean, they've had Neymar has been injured for a, a, a massive portion of the season. He has, yeah. And you've got Mbappe as well, obviously, who's the top scorer. We've with just the two of them alone. You, I want Moise Keane, of course. We've, but yeah. with Mbappe and Neymar, you and Icardi, who's now back in the fold. And, yeah, uh, well, Icardi's back in the fold a little bit, isn't yeah. he? Uh, yeah, I think Pochettino will he'll he'll start getting them singing a little bit better. I, I just can't see PSG not winning. I don't think they'll be going to choir practice to be honest. If they want <laughs> to succeed on the football field, but no, I, I think yeah, it's it, it's a difficult one because it's, if Pochettino it's nice, doesn't though, win it's the league. Definitely nice to see other teams at the top of the league because normally we're used to looking at their table. PSG at the top. Oh yeah. Barmsley. <laughs> well, Monaco aren't far behind as well. In fourth, I mean, Voland and Benyeda, two of the highest goal scorers in Liga, 12 goals from Voland, uh, fairly experienced Bundesliga performer. And oh, yeah. Obviously, Benyeda, five star week for FIFA. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, really love his tweets, actually. Benyeda. Well, yeah, after a good performance, he, he puts out a little tweet about how he might get an inform on FIFA. Ah, well, well, Jordan Jordan plays FIFA 25 hours a day and spends his, his week's wages <laughs> on the game, which is why he's uh, doing so well at that. Uh, FIFA points uh, are optional, unless you're Jordan, in which case they are a necessity to success on the game of Ultimate Team. But Ben Yedder as well with 11 goals and Volley with 12 combined, 23 strikes in league and all seasons. That's Wait, a good, you do that match yourself? good strike partnership. I did, yeah. Uh, 23 <laughs> goals altogether. Really, really good. Well, the other um, interesting thing that's happened in League One, yes, is, I'm going to get to that. Well, <laughs> I'm going to let you get to it. Go on. It's Go on. an amazing, it's an amazing yeah. story, isn't it? And yeah. I feel sorry. Yeah. Andre Villas-Boas, he's he's someone that I mean, he did okay. He wasn't a great manager in England. I, I, I like the way he got he got uh, Chelsea playing football at least. And he's only there six months. Yeah, well, I like the way he got them playing, and. Yeah. Uh, it's this amazing story at the end of the transfer window where he, he did a press conference. I, I don't know if you've seen the press conference. Yeah. Where he was he was threatening to resign based on the fact that they've signed a player. Yeah. Because yeah. Olivier and Chance. Olivier Chance yeah. uh, was brought in and he said this at the time. I said no to the signing of Olivier Chance. He wasn't on our list. I had nothing to do with this decision. At which point you probably think, oh. Well, this isn't going to end well. And no. you'd be right. But I'm question I want to ask is, how can you get sacked after you've handed in your resignation? Well, that's apparently well, the report. It's all a bit strange, isn't it? It's, yeah. I, I just don't get it. I, I can understand resigning if they've if the, the board have gone behind your back and sold one of your best players. That, that makes a little bit of sense. But signing someone is just a bit of a strange one. Yeah. Is it because yeah. they've undermined him? I, well, they have. Haven't they? Because uh, they have, if, they have, but it's it's not a, a, a massive problem. I feel bad for Enchan. He's come in and, and suddenly this has happened to him. He's thinking it's all it's all because of him. Well, no, I mean it, it's like if I right. So if I uh, if I was a football manager, right, and my board had signed you, had signed you from Asda 
Um, you'd be th- you'd be rubbing your hands and you'd be thinking, "Oh, I've got thirty goals a season now." Yeah. Well, no, I I would feel obliged to resign on the basis that 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 I felt we'd been ripped off um, by bringing you in because obviously you probably we probably had to, you probably paid us actually to bring you in <laughs> and we said no. I I still felt ripped off. The point is. You shouldn't do that. Who, If you're a manager of a football club, right, AVB, you got Marseille into a Champions League position for the first time since 2012 to 13. Did brilliant. And although they were a bit underwhelming in the Champions League in that period, you could argue they didn't have enough uh, expenditure to really compete in that competition like they would want. But I just, I just think it's quite bad when he's taken them to a level they haven't been to for a very long time. And and then they're treated by signing players that he doesn't want. You can't. Who's in charge of a football club? It should be the manager. He should be the first port of call. If he doesn't want a player, they shouldn't get a player. No, I, yeah, I agree with that. But it's certainly not something that I would resign over. Well, you're a pushover. <laughs> <laughs> you could get away with murder. That's what uh... I mean. You could. You could. That's bad, that. No, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. And it makes you think, where it happens in other clubs, what happens are other people, you know, just allowing this to happen. I personally think if it was me, I wouldn't like it. And fair play to Vias Boas for saying, you know what, I'm not having this. Because who knows what they'd have done in the future? Might have brought all kinds of people in. And he and, and, and because he hasn't laid down the marker at this point, then 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 they feel like they can get away with murder in the future. And it's disrespectful to Andre Vias Boas and his achievements at the club. End of. Do you not think, though, that he was maybe looking for an excuse to leave? He wanted a new challenge. I don't know. Still shouldn't. Still shouldn't. Still shouldn't. So you no, I agree. Is they shouldn't have done it, but it just seems excessive to resign over it. Maybe tell the press that it's happened. I don't know. It mm. doesn't sit right. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't like it. Uh, I know that kind of thing goes on at PSG, but. I mean, any manager who signs in on, on at PSG knows that's going to happen. Also, Real Madrid to a point. Oh, so, no, you signed a Bappe. What am I going to do? Yeah, no, it's a bit different, isn't it? But I mean, <laughs> at Marseille, when you've not got the same finances, you might want to target that money towards different positions where you feel are, that you feel are in need of strengthening or you want specific players. They can't just sign and sham and then go for, oh, let's go and sign this player. They might not have the finances of a PSG. Well, not might, they don't. No, no, you're right, yeah. You're right. I am right. Of course I'm right. Um, and then PSG, I roll. I roll. Um, but yeah, just a lasting word on PSG. Then we kind of touched on them a little bit before. They won 2-0 actually against Marseille this weekend. Payet got sent off. Great goal from Mbappe on the counter. Uh, Di Maria playing him in. Mbappe slotting it in at the near post. He's top scorer in Ligue 1 now. Surprise, surprise. Said no one. Yeah. But, I mean, it would be a shock if they didn't win the league. But it's a season unlike any other. Poch had already lost one game, I think to, yeah, lost to Lorient, and they drew with St Etienne. Um, so it's not all quite, so it's not quite all sunshine and roses uh, at PSG. Two teams above them going great guns. You've said that it won't happen because, well, you're boring. Just got too much quality. You would think so. But could they not be focusing their efforts on the Champions League and in doing so get confused or get lost or lose the motivation for the league, which they think they should have a God given right to win? And then no, through that, no, I just, okay. 
There you go. Don't watch, the French, don't watch French football. Love, don't watch it. <laughs> watch it. I would love to see Lille winning it. It's already happened. It's already happened. It's already won. We've already won. So there you go. Fantastic. Another wonderful segment done. Another wonderful podcast done. Uh, follow at 15 Moth Pod. Bang on the never hour. Say. Yeah. Is it? Well, just over, but yeah, pretty much. Well, fair enough. Um, at 15 Moth Pod. Twitter handle, which I always forget to say. This There's should be on great Spotify. tweets. There is. Sometimes, sometimes ones that Johnny tweets. Yeah. Sometimes by Jordan, sometimes uh, by myself. And I'll be shocked if this. And do other people do have this account? And I think I can think about two actually, or three. I can't remember. So if there's another tweet, it'll be quite interesting to work out who did that because I don't even know who has it now. But some people <laughs> do have it. Um, if it gets us banned, then it's probably Jordan. But if it's, uh, if it's <laughs> that's if only if Everton have lost. It's only if Everton have lost, right? But yeah, it should be on our 15 moth pod. It should be on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, definitely Transistor. Uh, because that's what the whole system's rigged on now with Big Heads Media. And big shout out to Big Heads Media for yep. setting all this up, doing a really good job. And for all other transfer news and speculation, then follow Transfer News Central at Transfer News Sen or follow or like the Facebook page. That's it. That's still trendy these days. So like the Facebook page. Um, or you can just follow at the Johnny Bentley if you want unrivaled coverage oh. on anything. Send me a DM. I might reply. I might not do. Might not do. You know, it's just, that's really up to me. You want to send Jordan a reply? You definitely, definitely won't get one back. Definitely <laughs> won't get a message back. That's fine. Join next week for more unrivaled coverage. Only 15 minutes or less, plus the extra 10 minutes at the end where I waffle. So, yep. fantastic. See you next week, everyone. Take care. Stay safe in crazy times. Thanks for listening. <laughs>